What's going on, guys? Hope you're having a great Sunday. Before we jump into our conversation with Grammy award-winning hip-hop artist Lecrae, I did want to take care of a quick housekeeping item and warn you, the day we recorded this episode, a thunderstorm actually blew through the Dallas area, which caused two separate power outages while we were recording. Now, obviously, in editing, we did our best to put the transitions and make them as smooth as possible, but uh, did just want to warn you guys about that, that we lost power two different times. So what do we always say? Play through adversity. We made the best of it uh, and rolled with it, but um, hopefully you guys enjoy uh, the episode. And without any further delay, let's get to our conversation with Lecrae. Welcome to the Darren Woodson Show. Uh, it's funny, lately, Ben's been always bringing us in. And, yeah. and, and today, Ben and I, is, I know it's hurt your heart, too. It, oh, it just, hurt your heart. I die just brought. a little bit every yeah. time uh-huh. that Ben just shoots in and takes it. It's like, I don't, why else am I here? Like, yeah. I don't even know why I'm here. Right about that. But that's a good yeah, point. Right. That's a good point. Bring us in, bring us out. But we got, we got Ben behind camera today, which is really where he belongs, because... <laughs> Uh, again, face for radio over here, but uh, but anyways, he's he's behind here, so he is here with us. Uh, but man, really excited today uh, to bring in uh, just an incredible, incredible individual that uh, has has turned adversity in his life into something really, really special. Uh, and we'll talk about his testimony and and the impacts um, uh, that that God has had through his journey. Uh, but it didn't start that way. So today we have Grammy award-winning BET award-winning dove award-winning artist Lecrae. Yes. Lecrae. Yes. I mean, I, again, we're, we're on a time cap here today, so I, I would, I would walk through the rest of it, but, uh, literally one of the most influential artists over the last, Absolutely. I mean, I don't want to age you, but I'd say 15 to 20 years, honestly, yeah. man, it's, wow. it's wow. been, it's been incredible. So thank you for joining us. Yeah. I appreciate that, man. I, I'm honored. You know, it's sincerely a blessing. Awesome, brother. All right. Well, hey, we really want to talk about your journey. We want to know how Lecrae came to be Lecrae. Uh, obviously, you've got a full name, um, and it's not just uh, it's not just Madonna or Prince, right? I mean, rivals. But uh, but take us back, man. You grew up in Houston. Uh, talk to us about that family dynamic. What your mother, uh, your mother and father situation. I know your grandmother was an influence in your life early on. But man, take us back and walk us through those early years. Yeah. Um, so uh, my family's from Houston, uh, Third Ward, um, mm. you know, in the city, uh, south side of Houston. And, uh, you know, I grew up uh, with a, a mom who was wonderful, you know, a wonderful mom who, uh, you know, struggled uh, most of her life um, just to figure things out. And, she was a young lady who met a guy and an older guy and, you know, found herself pregnant. And she was, uh, you know, she, she kind of grew up in a church a little bit, but it, for her, it was a weird situation where she didn't, it was a lot of rules and regulations. And so she did the best thing that she felt like she was supposed to do was get married to this guy. Um, and it didn't work, you know, uh, they were young and, and it didn't work. And he, he kind of lost his way and got caught up in, you know, drugs and incarceration. And, um, and so it was me and mom, I was just going through some, some difficult times. Um, but we, you know, we had each other, we had love and, um, 
All right, brother. Okay, so uh, for, it, there might have been a little gap. This transition might not be real smooth, but we had a, a power outage. Uh, so we're, we're coming back live and, and our cameras went out and, and we're like getting frustrated. And then LeCrae comes back on camera. He's got this big, huge cookie that yeah. he's eating. Yeah. He said, hey, wait. <laughs> I'm supposed to be in a caloric deficit. I'm uh, trying to. Is that, uh, but... that prepared for you? In between bites. <laughs> While you're in between. Sorry, man. All good. All good. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I was just saying that my mom and I were just trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, and so we moved around a little bit, just following family. Um, my, my grandfather was in the military, so they spent some time in Colorado, uh, the base there, and then they ended up in San Diego. So I would stay with my grandparents. I got into a lot of trouble. Uh, my uncles were teenagers and they were, you know, uh, in gangs and just the neighborhood that we were in was, was pretty, uh, I mean, I, I, people would say it's rough, but when you grow up there, you don't feel like it's rough. Yeah. It just feels like the neighborhood. Right. Um, but yeah, I got caught up in a lot of the nonsense and um, was just trying to find my way, man. Was really just trying to find a sense of identity and purpose. And music was one of the outlets that really kind of, you know, open the door for me to, to feel like, man, I have a place. Now, was there a background? Was there a family member that was in the music industry or what was it about? How'd you get introduced to music? So what's funny is that my grandmother, she, um, she, you know, really started to embrace her faith, like later in her life. And she started hosting like uh, Sunday services in on her patio from time to time. And the neighbor would play the piano. And so the neighbor's kids and I would be kind of bored, like, oh, my gosh. You know, but they had to learn how to play instruments because their, their family played instruments. And I had to sit there. So we would just start. We would, like, sneak out of the patio service and make up songs ourselves. So that's really kind of how I started, just making up songs. You know, we were listening to all the songs of the day. So our thought process was trying to be the next big thing. Right. And, um that's how the music piece came about. So who was hot back then? I mean, who? Uh, let's go back to those days. Who was hot? Do you remember? Well, it wasn't. It didn't have to be just gospel music. It was all the way across the board. Am I right? Yeah, I wasn't even listening to gospel back then. I listened to hip hop music, so I didn't really, you know, like. Um, I remember, you know, back in the day, uh, I was a massive, massive, massive Tupac fan. So oh, yeah. anything Tupac was like, you yeah. know, top tier. Um, and then, of course, you know. Everybody loved Michael Jackson. So, you know, everybody yeah. thought they could do the Michael Jackson moves and all of that stuff. But, uh, but yeah, but I, I would say, you know, Tupac was probably the biggest influence. You know, all of the West Coast. This was, I was in California at the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the West Coast artists were, were huge. And then, of course, um, you know, as I got older in, in school, uh, it was UGK and it was, yeah. you know, Scarface. So those became yeah. like iconic voices. Yeah, mm. that was when yeah, them Houston, that Houston sound started up. That, that's true, that's yeah. Did you get involved with Screw? And when when, mm -hmm. when, when Screw came, you did. Mm -hmm. while you oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, while I eat my cookie. You can't escape Screw because it was just, it was part of the culture. You know, it was yeah. like everywhere you go. I mean, people screw anything. You know, they, you, you hear somebody driving down the street. Listening to Kirk Franklin's song "Screw" and "Chop," you know, it's just yeah. like that was just a it was a way of life. You know, people would screw anything, so that that style of music was just 
and it permeated everything. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I read something that you had you, you had this like rebellious side that you were just like, hey, I'm just going to do crazy stuff. And you had a nickname that people called you Crazy Cray. Mm-hmm. Just because mm-hmm. you just like I, it, one of the things I saw, like you, you, ju- you would just jump off of buildings just to jump off of buildings. Man. Um, so what, what was that? Was that just like, hey, look, man, I just I just need some attention. Like or what was it? To this day, I'm still an adrenaline junkie. Yeah. So that's really what it is, is I'm an adrenaline junkie. Uh, I just love, you know, I wasn't trying to be mischievous. I just wanted the adventure. Yeah. And so, you know, as a, as a kid, adventure got me brought home by the police because I didn't, you know, in your mind, you're not thinking like, it's just fun. It's like, oh, yeah, let's let's run in the store, grab all the clothes and run out. That'll be fun. You know, right. it's like, right. like that's theft. See, I get so, that part of it. No, I get that part of it being mischievous and 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 you know running in stores and all that. But you must have had one white friend jumping off buildings. <laughs> that was the, <laughs> you had that one white friend that grew up in the third war <laughs> that ran with you. So what that was was just like you you right. You see what it is, is like black. A lot of my black folks was like, man, we running from bullets and stuff. Why why do we need any extra adventure? And I was the person who was just like, man, let's let's take it there. Let's take it up a notch. And right. <laughs> I think because everyone was so shocked, like, man, you crazy. I was like, I'll do it. You know, so right. jumping off of buildings onto a onto a mattress is like, let's just try it. You know, let's just oh my. I was always a little tweaked a little differently. You know, I was wired right. different. <laughs> I, I see you're a, a snowboarder now. Is that do you snowboard now? Skateboard, ski. Skateboard, okay. Yeah. Um, of course, bike ride, you know, I used to do all the bike tricks on the, on the BMX bike back in the day. Mm. Um, and you're tall. So how'd you find a bike that fits you? Man, I I didn't know bikes were supposed to fit people. So I (laughs) (laughs) I just jumped on that thing and just let it, you know, I don't know, you know, the damage that I have done to myself over the years is pretty bad, man. So, you know, forgive me if I just, blank out or something like that because you yeah. know who knows uh, all the, i mean you guys know what it's like you know taking those hits on the field i didn't get paid to take my hits so that's the difference so did you play any sports growing up let's see when you, when you got into high school was was sports yeah of- yeah i played i played basketball i ran track uh, i played one year of football i was really small and um and i you know just looking at the football players uh, a lot of them got D1 scholarships, so you can tell how big they were. I, I just, I value my life and my, you know, I just didn't want to get crushed out there. So I just said, you know, I'm going to let y'all have that. Uh, yeah, man. So I was a basketball and track runner in all through school. Right. Uh, talk us through, talk us through what school was like for you in high school. Uh, you know, maybe friend groups, getting into some trouble, trying things, experimenting, but then yeah. what, what role school even played for you? Man, it's funny because when I was going to school, um, I went to three different high schools. And, you know, my first high school experience was, um, you know, a pretty tough school, you know, tough neighborhood. And, you know, I I won't say tough, tough, but it was definitely a lot more roughnecks and, 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 you know, rough around the edges inside of the school. And so, um, I failed every class my first year, mm. literally every class. I failed gym because <laughs> I, I didn't want to dress out. I was too cool to dress out right. in gym. So, and it's funny because um, 
he might not even remember this, but um, I was I was a freshman when Chauncey Billups was a senior because this is when I, I went to school one year in Denver. Mm, okay. And uh, Chauncey, Chauncey let me ride in the backseat of the Jeep, and they were you know they were just talking to us like, man, if y'all want to play basketball, y'all gotta you know get your head on straight. And it was crazy coming from them, but we really respected them. So for us, it was like, all right, well, I guess we gotta you know get our act together. And that kind of it really inspired me. I mean. Chauncey was the man. Like he, I don't even know if he ever went to class. I think he just leaned up against the wall with gold. The next was on, and just—I don't even think he went to class. Your flat out ball. That's all he had to do. Huh? Yeah, that's all he had to do. So I was like, man, this is cool. All right, let me get my act together. Um, but then I, I transferred schools, went to another school. Um, my mom was just trying her best to get me and you know, uh, keep me out of trouble and, and keep me down the right path. And um, and man, I was you know. I was really sad being away from my friends and, you know, went through some, some down times. And, and honestly, if it hadn't have been for basketball, um, I don't know if I would have climbed out of that hole, you know, cause it was the only kind of motivation I had and just my teammates rallying around me and being my friends. And, you know, my coach was a little weird. I didn't, I was like, Hey, you look weird, but you know, but he rocked with me. So we rocked together. You know, he's like playing me songs from the Eagles. I was like, what is this band? What is, why do we got to listen to these songs, man? What's going on right now? But, um, but yeah, man, it, it kept me out of trouble uh, and it kept me focused uh, throughout high school. So when you were in high school, were were you rapping back then? Were you singing at that time or, you know? Oh, yeah. What was that like? What was the music influence like in, in high school then? Oh, uh, yeah. High school was like I was the king of the lunch tables. So, you know, you oh, rap man. at the lunch table and everyone beats on the tables. And then, you know, funny story is I, I, I had a guy who wanted to fight me because I beat him so bad in a rap battle at lunch. Right. And so, and this, this kid was, I mean, he would have destroyed me. He's like a seven, a seven year senior. You know what I mean? Right. He was already right. a grown man. Uh, but, uh, but I beat him in a rap battle and, and I got out of this fight. It's funny how I got out of the fight. Cause I knew I would have lost, but you know, it's like, I have to take it on the chin right. and fight him anyway. But, uh, but he spit in my plate around what everybody was looking at. I was like, oh my gosh, man, why do you have to spit in my plate? Now I'm gonna look crazy if I don't get up and fight this dude, but I know I'm gonna lose this fight more than likely. You know, I was a buck oh three, soaking wet back then. And so I just decided to cause a crazy commotion. I threw my tray in the sky. I was like, all right, this is what you wanna do. Let's go. You know, I was like trying to let them know I was the craziest person and everyone was freaking out and, and all the security and the teachers ran over there and they broke it up and I was like, yeah. <laughs> I survived. <laughs> as much attention here uh, from the teachers and security yeah. as possible, but let oh, more crazy. <laughs> so what they what they used to call it back then, like snapping, uh, you know, we used to call it, call oh, it yeah. snapping back then. Roasting. Roasting. Yeah, roasting somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So is that what you, I mean, I, I could imagine if you were quick-witted like that in the rap game, then you must have been yeah. one of the best trash talkers out there. Oh, man. I'll destroy you. I love the, the roasting <laughs> sessions. I would have a great time. And it would just be like, you want to send somebody home just like, man, you know, contemplating, contemplating their life. Like, what am I, man, I, need, I might need therapy after this. And that was just how you, you know. <laughs> just, maybe I should quit football, yeah. play women's soccer. You're, you're right. Actually. You know what I mean? Man, yeah, that's right. bad. Really bad. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So where, uh, so what's, what's your faith journey like at this point? Where, where are you at still trying to figure things out? Is it non-existent? What, where are you at at this point? Yeah, I would say I didn't really think much about it. You know, I, the, the few times I went to church, I thought, 
cool. I get it. You know, it was not really an afterthought. It was kind of like, cool, I get it. I, I, I understand this whole God thing. And, you know, it's good for grandma. Um, mm-hmm. I'll get there maybe later. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't something I just tried to pursue. And, um, you know, I, I remember, especially in high school, I remember like one kid who was a Christian. And, um, and I just thought it was so, I actually admired him, you mm-hmm. know, because he was like, outward with his faith and I was like wow you know he would like read the bible at lunch do bible studies and I was like I kind of admire that courage I could never do that but I admired it and um and so I just didn't really think much about it until I had a friend named Chris and Chris was like he said I don't believe in God and I was and I was like yeah and you know a young lady in my class I'll never forget her name was Azehi I, I, so I admired this guy and I, I was like, man, I wish I could be like this guy. But, um, but I had another friend who was a Christian. Her name was Zahi. And I was talking to another guy named Chris and both of us were kind of like, yeah, we don't believe in God. And I was like, well, maybe I believe in God, but I don't know. I'm exploring. Mm-hmm. And she was, she was like concerned. And I was like, why are you so worried about us? And, uh, and Chris said, yeah, we don't, we don't believe in God. It's just us. And I was like, whoa, brother, that, that's, whoa, mm-hmm. that may not be me. Cause that freaks me out. Mm-hmm. Like thinking it's just me. And so I think that was when my first journey really started because I was like, well, if, if it's just me, that's scary. So if God is real, I probably need to investigate more. So a- around 17, I started to like try to investigate. Okay. All right. So w- what was your social life like though at this point? Still, still pursuing oh. everything else though, right? I was a wild boy. <laughs> I, was, right. I was a wild one, man. Uh, it, the standard for me was my uncle's and, and I wasn't going to prison. I wasn't getting shot. So I must be doing well. Mm-hmm. So as long as those things were happening, I was good. But man, I was in all kinds of petty crimes and scams and different women and going to parties all the time. You know, uh, you know, typical high school student, you know, smoking, drinking and just living, you know, mm-hmm. not really a sense of purpose, you know, uh, and, and even at, it was a point in time where even basketball wasn't fulfilling my, my sense of like, what am I here for? So yeah. I, I was really wrestling. Yeah. yeah. So you, you go through high school, you end up uh, going to school at UNT. What was that process like going from high school to UNT? Cause you had not been in Dallas. So why UNT Denton's a, a interesting place to pick out. Well, yeah. So, <clears throat> um, First, it was it was basically where I got accepted. I, I wanted okay. to go to UT Austin. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, that's yeah. where I yeah. wanted to go. And uh, they told me I could I could go conditionally based off of my grades. I was on a conditional like summer. You got to go to summer school, and mm-hmm. then we'll see if you yeah. can get in. Got it. And uh, and I was like, oh, I'm not giving up my summer, bro. And um, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm not gonna be able to give up my summer. And then um, North Texas. You know, I had gotten accepted into North Texas. And so I was like, all right, well, I got accepted. And then I, I read that, they, you know, because my mom was big on like find scholarships, find money mm-hmm. so you can go to school. And I read that you can audition uh, for uh, theater. And I was like, oh, man, I, I can act. You know, I didn't have any formal training. I mean, I had a little bit of training, you know, like being in school plays and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you know, I'll try. Why not? It's free money. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, I got a full ride you know, for acting at North Texas. So I was like, Oh shoot, I'm in the door. 
So wow. I'm going to North Texas. And um and that was like it was that was it. I didn't even try to apply anywhere else after that. I was like, I got this full so, ride. So. so did you just send like an audition tape? Did you go physically and audition? What was I had that to go process? Up there. Okay. Yeah, I had to go up there and they, they were like, Hey, you know, pick out a um you know, pick out uh, uh, uh like a monologue mm-hmm. and just act it out. And um and I remember just kinda going to the library and seeing like some different things and, and I I forgot what I did, but but the character I, I chose two characters and some, you know, my mom's side of the family is, is Jamaican. So we had a lot of friends in the community that were Jamaican. So I like one of the characters had a Jamaican accent. So I kind of put it on the best of my ability mm-hmm. because I didn't grow up in Jamaica, so, mm-hmm. but, but I'm switching in between my English and Jamaican accent playing two characters. And uh, the teacher, the, the professors and the staff was like, Oh, this kid, he's got it. You know, let's, <laughs> bring them you know so i got the full scholarship you know it was, ama- it was amazing did you have so how, how was it your freshman year was it an adjustment when you first got to unt oh yeah big time uh it was big time because i was used to being the guy you right. know yeah. I, 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 in high school i was used to being the center of attention um you know i was gonna like i was like oh maybe i need to walk on the basketball team or something but these guys were on another level you know d1 basketball players and so I was just kind of struggling, like, with a sense of, like, man, where do I fit in? And, mm-hmm. and, um, and you know, friend groups. And, you know, uh, it was yeah, it was just trying to find my way. Um, so it was difficult. And then, and then the, the theater program. See, I wanted to be an actor. I, I didn't know what theater, mm-hmm. like, really was about. So I get in there. I'm like, man, this is weird. <laughs> this is like, y'all are some strange cats, man. You know, mm-hmm. real eclectic, purple hair <laughs> type of cats, man. And I don't know if I, <laughs> this is my crowd. You know right. what I mean? So <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a unique experience for me, and I had to, like, grow. And uh, they moved me into the, I moved into the arts dorm, and I was with all the artistic kids. So it was a little mm-hmm. tough. Mm-hmm. My first year, um, that was that was that was rough for me. I had to adjust heavily, new whole world. Yeah, mm, yeah, I'll attest. I mean, yeah. the 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 draw. Look, this is not a negative term, but like they were just di- they they thought very differently. They were way more creative. They were way more Artistic. in touch with. They were way more in touch with themselves, which is probably better. You look back and you're like, man, I I, I wish I could That's actually the be that the honest, you know, yeah. and and, yeah. and pursue the things that I wanted to pursue, right. like you do. Um, all right, so so you have a you know that transition year, and then and then you go you go through the rest of college. Did you stay in drama? Was that still just kind of the you know the the forefront? No, I couldn't do it, man. Um, well, but for a couple of different reasons. So one, I would they had this music lab. And I found myself in a music lab every day. I was skipping class. And I was like, you can make beats in here. And I was making beats and learning how to produce and writing songs. And I was like, I would miss class because it was so, like, just consuming. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I really started to fall in love with creating music while I was, while I was there. Um, and then simultaneously, a girl from high school she was a little older. I, I took her to her senior prom my sophomore year. And um, so she had been at UNT already. And she said, hey, you should come to this Bible study. And so I was like, all right, cool. I'll go to Bible study. I'll go to Bible study. I'll go to frat parties. I'll go to wherever, you know, <laughs> you know tell me where to go. I'm going. You're well-rounded. Yeah. Yeah. I do it all. So, um, so I went there and that was pretty mind-blowing because I thought, you know, it was going to be a bunch of weirdos and just, you know, I thought it was going to be grandmas mm-hmm. up in there and it was like regular people. So that was mind blowing for me. Um, and I just took it as like a chance to learn, you know, from all these different spaces and places. And, 
and just kind of like, I was a sponge, you know, um, in college, I did a little stupid stuff, you know what I mean? But I was really nervous about embarrassing my family. So I wanted to like, make sure I, I, I maximize my time. And that's that, you know, I, I can fast forward and say, I didn't stick with drama because I, I, I had this like spiritual transformation from being in that Bible study and going to conferences with these people, which that's a whole nother story in and of itself. But, um, but it, I just felt some convictions about my future and I felt like, man, I don't, I don't think acting is for me. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think that at least theaters for me. So I, yeah. I let it go. So that meant you lost the scholarship. I did. I lost the scholarship and I ended up leaving school and, um, and I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know if I was going to like take a year off or drop out. I didn't know, you know, it was kind of like processing. And then my mom was like, you definitely not dropping out of school. Like we're going to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I had found a school in Tennessee that, um, had a recording industry program. And I convinced my mom that I could get into the school. And, you know, she was like, well, you filling out all the financial aid forms. And I did all that stuff. And uh, I jumped on a Greyhound bus and went to Tennessee to go to school, you know, mm-hmm. and transferred and you know, I was just trying to find my way. So you get to school. Music is by far what you're trying, why, why you're there then, right? Yeah. Are you going to class as well? Are you, I mean, where, where are you on this journey or have you grown up? Yeah. So now, you know, obviously at this point in time, I'm really trying to embrace my faith. I've had this like spiritual transformation and I want to be more well-rounded. Um, but I'm at this new school and it's like, you know, I'm young. I'm just I'm trying to figure out how to be responsible and do the right thing. And then, focus on music because you got to take care of your core classes before you can really get into the music side of stuff. And then I had a friend of mine, um, a guy I had met and, um, I I think I met him at a Bible study on that campus Mm -hmm. and he was like, yeah, come to my dorm. And I came to his dorm and he had another friend up there. And that friend was like, man, I'm about to, um, I'm about to go to this interest meeting for a fraternity. And I was like, Ooh, wow. I'm interested because I knew about the fraternities and stuff from high school. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I'm gonna go too. So I went with him and man, the, 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 you know, Christian kid who was trying to get on the right track ended up becoming a frat boy. Boy, it was wild. It was a wild time uh, after that. It was a wild time. What'd you pledge? What did you pledge? Kappa Alpha Psi. Okay. Kappa yeah, right. Alpha Psi. And, uh, which was funny because, um, the Kappas and the Qs on campus were really tight. So we would hang out together. So it was like, man, we were just together. It was just a wild time. Yeah. It was a yeah. wild time. So there was a, there was an accident that, that happened to you at some point where, where yeah. in the story did that happen and what impact did that have? So what happened for me was, um, while I'm on campus, you know, it was really wild. Um, I mean, there were, we would we would get into fights with football players. We would get into fights mm-hmm. with different fraternities. Um, it was it got really ugly. It got you know just a lot of binge drinking, drugs, um, and hard drugs too. And I really felt like man, I'm going down a dark path. And I I remember calling my mom and I said, Hey mom, I, I probably need to come back to Texas because I don't think this is going to work for me out here. I I feel like I'm I'm losing myself. So I go back to Texas and go to school, transfer back. Um, and, um, but now I have all these bad habits, you know, and bad habits die hard. And so, um, 
man, I'm just back at the same stuff. And, and it's really driving me crazy. And I remember getting into an argument with a guy and I was drunk and I was talking to him really recklessly uh, over the phone. I was at his girlfriend's house and I was mm, talking recklessly right, at right, his girlfriend's right, house. Okay. Go <laughs> <laughs> on, uh, love the transparency. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So so he 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 ends up unbeknownst to me, you know, he's on his way over there. Mm-hmm. So just as I'm leaving, he's pulling in and he pulls in with and he's drunk and he's got a gun and um he's looking for me and he shoots it in the air and uh, and the police didn't get him. But the rumor around was that he was mad at me looking for me for all the stuff I was saying to him over the phone. So now I'm really like, I'm upset and I'm, I'm trying to think of how I'm gonna handle this. Um, and I'm, and I'm, there's this weird like moment where I'm like, here I am, I'm in college. I'm supposed to be walking with God, but I feel like I'm back in the neighborhood. This doesn't make sense. And so I'm literally my mind. I feel like my my mind is unraveling, and I'm just trying to process it all. And I'm I'm stressing out, and I'm like I'm driving to my mom's house, and I'm going to get her gun and come back to school. So I'm drinking, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, um, drunk driving, not a good combination ever. And um, I'm driving, and I'm like I'm gonna go get my mom's gun and. I made a, I tried to exit over off by the campus to, to turn around and my car literally flipped over eight times mm. off the, um, over off the, by the exit ramp. And, um, and it was crazy because it was like an out of body experience. I know that I'm floating in the air and I'm talk, I didn't have a seatbelt on anything. Mm. Mm. So I'm literally floating through the air. This car is just flipping and flipping and flipping. And I'm just, it's like I was suspended and I'm not trying to be like extra supernatural crazy, but mm-hmm. this really was like a wild experience. So I'm floating in the air while the car is flipping over and then it finally stops. Um, and you know, it lands upright and my glasses that I had on are literally encrusted in the windshield. The windshield had wrapped it's like they, the, a hole in the windshield had gripped my glasses. Um, the seats are snapped, like broken. And I look around and the only thing that was wrong with me was there was a piece of glass in my, in my, in my, uh, arm. That was it. Mm. You know, so you got thrown out of the car Were you, I didn't get thrown out of the oh, car. You were I in the car. In mm. oh, I was still sitting yeah. in the car. Right. So the seat is snapped around me, the, the windshield caved in, the side glass is all shattered. The, the hood of the car is just crunch. I mean, every, the car is just destroyed and I'm, I'm fine. Right. With just a little piece yeah. of glass in my wrist. And so that was a massive wake up call for me, like massive. It was mm-hmm. like, you know, I remember seeing my mom pull up to the scene, you know, the ambulance and everything's there and she's just bawling cause she's looking at the car and just like, how is he alive? Mm. And um, it was like, all right, all right, message received. It's time right. to change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the walk started. That's where I mean, man. Yeah. Y'all hear that story? It's like God saved you from self, man. You're right. Yeah, 
Big time right. So, so okay, you go through that. Now, what's the next step? What, what are you trying to get your life right? Or yeah, so you know, it's always a process. I, I think I always tell people when a baby takes a step and falls, you don't look at him and say, "You stupid baby, look at you! You mm-hmm. you can't even walk." You celebrate that he took a step. Yeah, and then you you encourage him to get back up again, and then take two, then three, then four, then five. So, you know, oftentimes people, when I tell the story, people think immediately after that car, then I just started walking, mm-hmm. you know, but the truth of it is, was that's when I started taking steps, right. like real oh, life yeah. steps. And, you know, sometimes there would be a fall, but then it would, I'd get back up and walk further. And, um, and so it got to a point where I realized in order for me to really walk this thing out, I had to get out of my apartment which I was still paying the rent on and move in with some friends who were really trying to walk this thing out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I moved in with some friends and it was just, you know, four of us living in this house. And, um, and it was just great accountability for me to not make terrible decisions. You know, you're 20, 21 years old, 22 years old. And you're just trying to, you know, it's like you got the whole world as an oyster yeah, yeah. trying to tear you down. So that was the process for me. And, um, and, and man, I started volunteering at a detention center because my friend started doing it. And that really was a game changer for me because now I was responsible for these 15 and 16 year old guys. Um, and they were just looking at me for wisdom. And I was only 21, but I was, I had something I could offer them. Mm. Right. Man, there's a, there, there's a couple things in there, man, that, that are gold, right? And I think we live in a culture that is so quick to judge and condemn somebody else, right? Because, because they fail. And just because someone says, oh yeah, you know, I'm I'm a Christian now, right? The first thing they're looking for is they're looking for something to call you out on, right? Something that you fell short on. And, and just because, you know, you, you commit to Jesus Christ doesn't mean that Everything that you are inside is different. Yeah, is any different, right? Yeah. You're still a sinner. You're still a yeah. failure. You're still all the things that we as people are, and and I think the what what maybe non-believers think that like, man, I don't want to do all that. Like, I can't go through all that. Like, no, like you still suck as a person. Like right. you, you really do. Right. Like right. that doesn't go away. Like, but yes, like you said, like it's steps, right? Like it's it's changing not because you have to it's changing because of gratitude right you realize the gift that you've been given and it's not that like hey i'm obligated to do this it's Mm. man i it's the least that i could do is try to walk in the right direction Mm. right and so so i love that you said that uh and then and then you know this the second thing that you talked about that was was really important that i had in my head and i'm I'm struggling to get back to it because i got lost in that last (laughs) comment but uh but it's it's man that's gold because when you talk about serving other people when you talk about you know okay when i when i worked at that detention facility like it it does something right and we talk about it ben talks about it all the time man the power of service yeah. and and selflessly giving your time and resources to other people man those two things i don't know man i'm, I'm listening to the story and it's like this path that's going along and you know part of that being in a detention center you probably you're around these kids I know you're capping on everybody. They're capping back. You're sharpening your skills. Your skills are getting sharp. Much, okay, so what? Where was the know, artist built? The where detention was the facility. This is where he was built. So keep going, man. I want to hear you walk through. You're going through this. You're giving back time. Where is it? Where in the music is 
you know, I'm 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 gonna I'm, make this challenge. Yeah. That's what that's so that's funny because that's where the the skills were honed because we started mentoring these kids and then they said, Hey, can y'all do like Sunday service? And I was like, We don't know how to teach the Bible and we don't have a worship group, but sure, we'll do it. Um and so literally I would go in there and my buddy would teach what he thought was teaching the Bible anyway. And then I would do music, you know what I'm saying? We didn't know anything. So it would kind of just be like, all right, Genesis chapter one in the beginning. See, everybody has a beginning. Um, <laughs> the songs have a beginning. And you know, that's just what we, you know, and then he's taking away the train. And I'd be like, <laughs> you know, so, uh, and I would write songs. I just had to make up songs. And this was, you know, it was a tough crowd, you know, so if they didn't like it, then, you know, you got to start from scratch. Yeah. And so I remember, I remember listening just to like the radio and just listening to what people were consuming and saying, all right, how do I, how do I create that type of energy? I remember listening to like Cameron, boy, boy, mm, oh boy. Like, yeah. and, and, and little John and the Eastside boys. And I was like, all right, how do I recreate this same energy, but like make it substantial and helpful for these kids in here. And that's really where I, I really started learning and, and crafting and creating. So without that detention center, you wouldn't have who you have right here. Right. When was when was that moment when you realized, okay, I, I can do this like as a career, like that moment where you're like, okay, hey, look, I've got what it takes. Now I've, I'm all yeah. in. And how old were you at this time? So I'm 22. Okay. okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm 22. I just, I, I literally have, um, you know, I graduate school. So I had two moments. I graduated college and, um, and you know, I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I, I got to go get a job. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And I couldn't find a, couldn't find a job. And so I was a cable man, you know, I'm climbing in attics and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, for a season. Um, but, but two things happened. First thing that happened was I had wrote this song, this, this, this sports camp, Called Kids Across America asked for a song for their theme song, so I wrote a song for them, and um, and you know I found the production, a producer, and I wrote this song. And my buddy Will, Will was like a mentor, and he uh, was like a finance guy, and so he was trying to help me, you know, like what understand finances when I got out of school, and like here's what I should do. You need to save, you need to check an account, all these little details, and Will was just square, nerdy, mm-hmm. square guy, you know, and he listens to the song and he's like, Oh my, Oh, crazy. This is, this song is hard. You, <laughs> you have a gift, bro. And I'm like, wait, time out. You're supposed to be coaching me on being responsible. <laughs> right. And you're telling me I need to go become a rapper. Right. And so that was a moment. I was like, okay, all right. So this guy's telling me Mm. that I may need to do this. Now, how hard was that first song for you? How hard was it to write that first song? What did, what was it, did you spend a lot of time doing that or was it like something yeah. that felt natural to you? So what was funny was I had written so many terrible songs for the juvenile detention center kid that uh, my friend Otis was like, Lecrae, listen, man, like when you rap and you freestyle, you're amazing, but your songs suck. <laughs> and it, <laughs> And I was like, man, no one's ever told me that before. Right. So it really, I wanted to impress O. I was like, I got to make something that O is going to be like, yo. Yeah. And um, and so that was my mindset was like, all right, I'm writing a good this time. And I remember Otis listening to it. And he was like, oh, you 
is good, bro. Right. So that's when I knew I had something. And then the second moment for me was um, I'm a cable guy. And, um, you know, I kind of hustled my way into the executive office. And, I, you know, I saw the vice president. She came to give a speech to all the cable workers. And, and I said, hey, um, I got this degree and I'm not really using it. Can I just intern for you on my days off? And uh, she was like, I like your initiative. Come on in. And I said, I do it for free. So I interned for a little while for like a month and they, they loved me and they said, why don't we have a position for you? So I got hired on in the marketing department at the cable company. And so I'm working this great job. My mom's excited. Everyone's excited. But every weekend it's like a church or somebody would book me for, to mm. perform these little handful of songs I had just mm. for, I had like five good songs and my rent was like cheap. You know, like 500 bucks a month. And, you know, I had the car note and insurance. So my, my total bills was like, I don't know, maybe maybe 900 bucks, you know, mm -hmm. total. And so I'm making money at the, the marketing firm, but then I'm getting these shows. And I was thinking to myself, well, if I can do four shows a month, I can get $900 mm -hmm. to pay all my bills. And then I, I can do that. But I was like, but I can never leave this job because everyone will be so disappointed in me. Right. And they came to me and they said, Hey, this department is being done away with here. You can a go to sales or B move to Philly to do the same job mm -hmm. in Philly. Mm -hmm. And I was like, ah, man, or, or C you could take a severance pay and just leave mm -hmm. three months severance. And I thought to myself, I'm going to take this three-month severance yep. and try to make this music thing work. Mm. Anything's better and than so, Philly. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, man. So You took that I, money. I took the severance. Yeah. I took the money. Yeah. So what did you do I, in, those, I, I, in those months? Were, did, was it just... I made an album. Mm. I made an album. And I uh, put out my first album. You know, I did it online. My partner and I, Ben, we started like Reach Records which is our label now. Yeah. And we didn't know what we were doing. We were kids. You know, we didn't really know what we were doing. We're 22, 23 years old. And we're just, you know, um, I'm traveling around to these different places and I'm selling CDs out the trunk of my car mm -hmm. and people are finding about it via word of mouth. I'm giving out my website. It was just a website with my face and my personal cell phone number on it. You know, I'm yeah. like answering the phone like, yeah, it's really me. So this, this is like 2005-ish, right? 2005, yeah, 2006? Okay. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's that's pretty big time. You got a business card with just your website address <laughs> and you you can find me from through my website. I mean, that's Hey. Yeah. That's no big that's deal. All we had, man. Yeah. That's all we had. All right, you, so, you know, back in the day, you can go to Kinko's and get a, a business yeah, card. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> cool. Hey, 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 pushing stuff through MySpace, you know? <laughs> right, right. All right. So, so you're an, I mean, essentially, you're an independent artist, right? You got your own label. You, yeah. you self-produced everything. You're, I mean, what was that like, that hustle, that grind? I mean, because, I mean, I know a handful of independent artists, and, man, it's not an easy road. Yeah. You know, what's funny, man, is I loved it because it was so organic and I had this community of, of believers around me, you know, like, like just these young Christian folks who loved me and loved what I was doing. And uh, uh, the college campus was like the, the mothership. It was the hub. So our campus ministry was like the hub and I had already graduated, but I still was there. Mm. serving. And, um, and so 
they made it easy. You know, like there would be situations where I'd have a show somewhere in Texas and we would all just car, we'd, we'd just get a, 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 what do you call it? A caravan mm-hmm. to my show. So there would be people in the crowd. And yeah. Like, whoa, how do all these people know the words? And then that would just become a moment at that show. Mm-hmm. And then a bookstore or a CD store would say, I say, hey, can I put my CD in your store? And they say, well, we'll take one CD. And I was like, no problem. I, I give them one. I say, if it sells, then we'll take more. I give them one CD. I send some of my friends in the store. They buy it. And then yeah. I come back the next day. I say, hey, anybody? They say, yeah, give me, give me two of them. <laughs> I give them two. Yeah. Two people come in, buy both of them. And it, this would happen until like 10 CDs or so. And they're like, give me a whole box. So I would do this around <laughs> the city. And, uh, and man, it just was, it was fun. You know, it was just like this fun moment because we had this whole movement and everyone was a part of it. So it was, it was yeah. a fun time. It was difficult, but we didn't know it because we were just broke and having yeah. fun. The simple times, right? Yeah. yeah. Less complicated. Yeah. I love it. All right. So yeah. uh, so first album, you record that, release that, and then you you put out a second album pretty quickly after that, right? Yeah. Put out the next album, and um, that was cool because, you know, that was like we made this song uh, with this whole Houston Chopper Screw vibe called Jesus Music, mm-hmm. and that caught fire. You know, that song just caught fire to the, um, a lot of, uh, radio, um, programmers, some of them who happened to be Christian heard it and were like, we got to play this on mainstream radio. Like this is a great song. And so I remember people just weaving it in and working it in and it really kind of gained some traction and some steam. And, um, you know, it was kind of like, all right, we're really doing this. And I shot my first music video, um, you know, with every dime we had and, and it was cool, man. It was just like, wow, we're really here. You know what yeah. I mean? It was, it, it was shot in my neighborhood. So there's real people in my community there and a fight broke out and it was like, Hey, y'all stop doing this. <laughs> right. like, what are we doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But it was, it was, it was a cool time, man. It was really, uh, that's when I really felt like, all right, this is, this is, uh, this is it, you know, and uh, my, my wife now at the time, she was my girlfriend and, uh, she was, um, she was, uh, she was engineering me in the studio, oh, you know, wow. every, yeah. it was all hands on deck, yeah. all hands on deck. Yeah. yeah. So you're in this point, right? So your second album, you shoot a music video, you're like, okay, we're here. Yeah. Would you ever imagine looking forward 15, you know, 14, 15 years to where you're at today? Would you ever think that that, was the path that you would be on and that you would never you would get there. Never, never. It's, it's kind of like, I think it's just so unexpected and I was so happy and content with every step of the journey. So it would, it would kind of like be the, just imagine like the kid from high school and he walks on a college team and he, and he makes it, he's happy. He yeah, made right. the team. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, then the coach is like, hey, I'm going to give you actual scholarship. He's like, whoa. Now he's happy he's just got the scholarship. Mm-hmm. And he's redshirted. Yeah. But then, like, you know what? We're going to let you play. And he's like, whoa, I get to play. <laughs> you know? And then it's like someone is like, hey, man, we think we want you to play in China. He's like, are you serious? I get to play pro ball. This is out of control. And then mm-hmm. the G League calls. is like, hey, man, we want you to come work out with us. I'm like, what? You yeah. know? And then it's like. <laughs> NBA, what? Right. Like, uh, you're going to the finals, what? <laughs> you know, so every step of the way, yes. I'm, my head is just like, 
Are you serious? Are you serious? Are you serious? Are you serious? That's what just kept happening for me. Yeah, so you were in the moment. You were absolutely in the moment the whole way through. The whole way through, bro. It was crazy. It was just like, your album, you know, uh, we're going on tour. The tour sold out. What? Right. You know, uh, your album just charted. What? Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you're nominated for a Grammy. What? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, didn't, I didn't even think I was going to win the Grammy. I was in the lobby hanging out when they were doing my cabin work. So, you know, I was like, my mom is texting me like, get in here. Man, I, I am not trying to be on camera when they announce that other person. I'm I cool. <laughs> Oh, man. So I know we, we're running out of time. We don't have much time. But I, but I had to, you know, I'd be remiss yeah. if I didn't ask, man. How many times have, you know, you know, people have categorized you as a, a Christian rapper. You're not a Christian rapper, man. You, you're an artist. You're one of the greatest artists mm-hmm. of all time, mm-hmm. hands down. Wow. And I love your music, man. But how many times have you had rappers want you to come on their albums? And, mm-hmm. and, and, and you know, rappers that are, you know, that, that are out there that have crossed over or what that, has it been a hard decision for you to go and, and, and do a song with another artist? Yeah, I, that's always tough. Um, especially like in the height of my career when the album's number one and everybody wants to, mm-hmm. you know, cling to you. Mm-hmm. Um, because some of these artists you looked up to, yeah, you know, you're, you're as a kid and they want you to be on their song, but you're like, man, this song, is really like contrary to everything I yes. stand for. Yeah. So that's a tough place to be. The good thing for me is I've never really shied away from confrontation. So mm-hmm. I don't mind having those tough conversations. I don't mind saying, man, I love this song. I love the production. You know, you know, the compliment sandwich, you give them all yeah. the compliments yeah. and then yeah. here's what's in, inside of this is like, man, I got, I got a wife and a daughter, bro. And I would not feel comfortable, you know, saying this, to another woman knowing that I got a wife and a daughter at home. So, um, I'm down to do something that makes sense for both of us, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's how I would always approach it. And so we would always write, you know, some people, most of the time, I mean, some people would say, nah, I'm good. But then a lot of times people say, man, I appreciate that. And that just became the new norm was people saying, well, what would you want to write about? And I say, man, you got a daughter. Yeah, I got a daughter too. Let's write a song about, you know, how much we love our kids or, mm-hmm. you know, you in a relationship. Yeah, me too. Let's write a song about how much we appreciate this. Or, you know, mm-hmm. did you grow up like this? I did too. And we'll just find that common ground. Yeah, yeah, man. That's what I love too. I love that about you. And I'm not obviously in the music industry, uh, but the, the, the so very few that I do know just, and even talking about you is, is you are so well-respected across everything. And, and I was with the uh, 10th Avenue North this last week and, and they were, and, and I, didn't know them prior to this, but we were just talking about just like the Christian music industry and how, and really how behind it is one than, than mainstream and pop and all that stuff. And it's really hard to like progress within that because you're kind of put in a box. And if you, if like for, they were telling me that they wouldn't get radio time because a song that they were very honest about, mm-hmm. like about struggles that they had, wasn't just positive enough. It right. didn't have that mm-hmm. feel good. So Christian radio wouldn't play it because it didn't have feel good. Mm-hmm. And so, but what you've been able to do and, and, and do so well is you've been able to connect with mainstream. And I just think about, man, like God gifted you with something that, 
that you are able to look, be true to who you are and not cross the lines right. that, that yeah. you're not comfortable crossing, but also still, yeah. dude, that doesn't mean we're not boys. We can't, we can't be boys and doesn't mean we can't work on something. Hey, you like positive things. Let's just let's just write about something that's good in your life. Or let's or hey, you know what? Be honest, but let's just be honest about something that is real in a real life situation that yeah. you are proud to put in front of your children or your future children or your wife or your parents. And same with me. And that's all I'm asking. Man, but I love yeah. how well, man, and tactfully that you've done that through your career and staying true to who you are. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I've had some some great scenarios. And I think that's, man, just becoming the aroma of, of love and peace to people. That's my mission is to provide peace. You know, I'm big on shalom. And I think, man, God has provided me with so much peace. I want other people to experience that, you know? And so sometimes it's like a supernatural peace and sometimes it's a natural peace, but I want to bring that to you. You know, yeah. sometimes if I'm in a prison, maybe I just made you laugh and that brought you peace in a natural way. But maybe I was able to talk about some of the deeper issues that you've been wrestling with and that was in a spiritual way. But either way, I want to do that. And that's how I've approached music as well is, man, you know, let's 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 bring peace to people. And so talk about your struggle with everything that, you know, you grew up with. Talk about your faith journey and then let me come and talk about my experiences and mm-hmm. let's see if that helps people in the end of the day. And then and then what you know, just like that, just like you said, is when you mentioned you had to leave Tennessee, you had to come back to Texas, you needed community. You had to leave your apartment by yourself. You needed community. Yeah. And man, and yeah. that's and that's so important. Yeah. Is surround yourself with people that can lift you up, that can hold you accountable, but in a loving way, man. And and that's and I and I feel like that's who you uh, you are looked to as in the music industry. It's like, hey, man, he's real, he's honest, but he also has that foundation that he's just not willing to cross over. And like you said, they respect that, and you don't yeah, have to sure. you don't have to give in to get likes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So hey, look, we we know we know we want to be respectful of your time, but man, we could go. I think hours and hours. There's yeah, so man. much that we still we could Yo, peel we, back, man. Yeah, and, we're gonna call and, you back. <laughs> We're gonna have all these. We're gonna fix these audio and camera issues. And yeah, well, hey, when you go ahead, I was gonna say, y'all, I I need y'all as well because you know I'm still a free agent, and so I know y'all have connections. Oh, and I'm you ready? I still, I I still got a little juice in the tank i'm just saying i mean gallup gallup's only got gallup's only got one more year on his deal we need we need that back shoulder quarter of the end zone type of brandon marshall type of receiver so come on okay so is it more like a julio jones style of route running or is it odell Hmm. becco what what style of route running yeah you gave me two 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 greats right there like okay you know what i mean i mean you know, I haven't timed myself in a long time. I want to say I'm a Y guy. I want to say I can play the Y. You know what I mean? But I don't know. You well, know and I'll I mean? say this. I, mean, I would say this with Witt sitting in the room. If he could run Y, I'm sure you could run Y. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, man. man. But we hey. we appreciate you, man. Anytime, anytime you come back to Dallas, I don't know how often you get back, man. You know, we'd love to, we'd love to get together, but we appreciate the time. Appreciate what you're doing. Yes. And, and keep doing it. Yeah. And appreciate even too, and, and, and I and didn't get into it, man, just how you've, you know, con- conducted yourself on social media, man, and realizing the platform that you have. And like you said, man, spreading peace, spreading love, like, yeah. but not putting up with, you know, injustice, not putting up mm-hmm. with, with things that are not okay like not okay but 
you do it so contrary to to culture right now right it's like hey i'm gonna i'm gonna handle hate with hate like that's not that is not that is not how we do it right and you've done man again you've done i can't compliment you enough you've done done a heck of a job man we're fans bro yeah hey man keep popping them off keep popping them off bro (laughs) hey we got hey we got ben behind the screen i know you didn't get a chance to uh to talk with him much but he has officially challenged you in a rap battle no and and we're gonna go we're, we're gonna go we're gonna 30 second round and then we're gonna go 60 second round uh, and a beat of my choice, <laughs> and so he's over that here. Thumbs up. Like, bam, 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 bam. Yeah. Be one of those. Hey, yeah. Any anything George Strait plays something too is going to be the beat y'all are going to. Always up. I'm ready for the challenge. <laughs> Love it, man. Look hey, thanks, appreciate again, man. you, man. And uh, man, en- enjoy the fam. All right, much love. All God right. bless. Thanks, bro. See you.